What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. Alright, alright, what's up everyone? Thank y'all for joining me on Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. Hey y'all, it's Friday. That marathon that you've been running all week to get to this day is here. So guess what, y'all? The weekend. That's all that's all we gotta say. The weekend. If you are off after today, you have successfully passed the finish line of your work week. And now you can go on to your two-day break or three-day, not bragging, but you can go on and just have that nice, easy break to detox, decompress everything that has been going on in your mind for this week. So, I mean, so a little bit about me this week. This week, I will be on my way to Panama City tomorrow for Worlds and Flag Football Tournament. Uh... It happens once a year, y'all. Once a year. We've been playing this for over a year now. My team that I have formed. It's been a struggle at times, but you know what? I've got our team on this journey, and I'm really, really excited to see where it goes this weekend. Like I said, we're going to be in Panama City. I will be heading that way tomorrow, and man. It's going to be some fun. It's going to be some fun. And don't don't get disappointed. I will have somebody on here real soon where we can just have a good chat about flag football. And maybe even some great events that we'll be having this weekend will make it awesome, a great episode. So that's what a little bit about me today. But today, y'all, I will be joined with Justin McAleese. Justin McAleese is a film director. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we got some more on that, man. And I'm going to tell y'all something about Justin right now. Justin has a movie called Brick Madness on Amazon. And um, just to explain a little bit about it. If y'all were fans of Legos, yes, I said it, Legos, check this movie out. It's not named Legos, but it's you. It's using with Legos, but with a different name, and it's called Bricks Madness. Uh, B R I C K S Madness. I'm pretty sure everybody knows how to spell madness. Don't M A D N E S S. There you go. Brick Madness. 
But yeah, y'all, I'm chat today with him today we're going to discuss about what entails for him to pursue this occupation of being where he is uh as justin always been wanting to be a film director or photography or whatever occupational that he has got he's got so many caps on y'all I mean, this dude is a workhorse, and like I said, we're going to discuss about his upcoming, his new project that just is done, and ladies and gentlemen, it took him 11 years, and we're going to wonder, and we're going to discuss, like, what, what was those 11 years that had to intake for him to make this movie, to make it to where it is now, and um, lastly, we're going to talk about just some of the experiences that he's had, and just... It, it just how of a big family person that Justin is as well, and how appreciative of COVID. I mean, it just gave everyone a break, and that's what really anyone has asked for. And y'all know how, like I say, it's Friday. Y'all made it to this day. I know COVID was COVID's not done, but COVID had hit us astonishingly, where none of us expected, and. We're also going to talk about what did COVID affect going into uh, promoting this movie, going into pursuing future projects and stuff. So we're going to talk about what's the future with that. And lastly, we're going to just basically have a good chat and just a good time and find out more about his awesome movies that are coming back. So when we come back, guys, we will be joined with Justin McAleese. I am joined with Justin. All right, man. I gotta ask you. How do you say your last name? McAleese. McAleese. Okay. Uh, Justin McAleese. Oh, that's awesome. All right, because I was making sure I was not gonna say that name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, man. How are you doing today? Oh, fantastic. Good holiday. Uh, spending time with my parents at my house uh, with my wife, and yeah, just taking care of making food. Old timey food. She's cooking food from the eighteen hundreds from these recipes she gets online. So that's that's fun and uh, very very timeless. So I appreciate that. Hey man, that's always great. And knowing how this year went, luckily Christmas was still feeling pretty Christmassy in ways. <laughs> in yeah, ways, we, I would yeah, say exactly. that floral in ways. <laughs> we we're able to figure it out. Um, yeah, a little bit uh, unconventional, but it worked. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Obviously, still, maybe, I guess, maybe a lot of people, family-wise, probably didn't wear a mask, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people did. I had a couple of my family members still feel hesitant of being in gatherings, so they still wore masks, which I thought was kind of funny in ways, but, I mean, hey, they're protecting themselves, so you can't really make fun of them for that. But, so, Justin, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, filmmaker, Fresno, California. Grew up in the mountains up above here uh, near Yosemite. So mm-hmm. came down here when I was about 18, went to Fresno State, got my video production degree, basically bo- broadcast production, and been a filmmaker ever since. Got a company here in Fresno called Blair Media, and we have uh, locations in a couple other places. Um, we got some some gear and everything, uh, another group truck over in uh, Phoenix, and a bunch of other stuff other places. So that's that's what we do, man. Hey, that's awesome. So are you born and raised in Fresno or? Yeah, born and raised up uh, near Yosemite on uh, okay. sort of halfway in between in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. So have you always wanted to be a filmmaker or was it just like kind of followed in your place? 
Yeah, I wouldn't say since day one. I, I definitely got into it more when I was like 15, 16, 17, that sort of area. But um, no, I was I went to school for a year and a half for mechanical engineering. So I wanted to uh, be an engineer, design things. But I, I also think that filmmaking is similar to engineering in a way, in terms of you have to, or, or maybe construction or um, uh, being an architect, because you're still designing sort of a house. Like if you, if you take the idea of an architect, excuse me, designing a house or designing a building or whatever it happens to be. I think a, a movie is a very similar thing in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. you have to have a strong foundation. You need to know fundamentals. You get some liberty within the confines of what that's supposed to be to create your own thing. But right. you still need to have all those building blocks to be able to put it together properly. Hey, hey, I, I like I like how you said that. Like you were becoming, you wanted to be an engineer. And then all of a sudden it followed in your place to actually be a movie director. And I love how you actually uh, compared them in a way. That, that, that was pretty cool. Like, I, I never thought it was like that. I was like, man, when you said engineering first, I was like, man, that's a major <laughs> difference <laughs> right there. But then when you compared them like how you did, it, and it, it kind of relates to you're like, yeah, you know what? That is kind of true. Like in very weird example ways, it actually goes together with what you were saying. So I was like, okay, I like that because I never <laughs> like that. That's pretty cool. So what kind of movies do you really – like it intrigue you type scenario so like do you make any kind of movies or is it like very typical types that you go for well when you're a director of photography you work on other people's movies other people's projects and those right. can range in all sorts of directions so that you know we did a i've done a couple serious dramas and a couple documentaries and some horror movies here and there and comedies you've i've done everything as a dp uh, a little bit here and there, not everything, certainly. But, um, you know, every every genre I've dipped my toe into, certainly. And they all have pluses and minuses, I would say. I mean, there's something mm -hmm. fun about shooting a horror movie because, you know, sort of all bets are off. You can you can go off the deep end in some directions while you're being a director of photography. And then comedies, you have to sort of stick to a little bit brighter, a little bit simpler in the way you get that on screen. You You can't let the camera work get in the way of comedy and that's a very mm -hmm. easy thing to do so you're definitely focused on that when you're talking about a drama you get to take leeway but you also don't want it to be the most important part of the movie you always want to let the story come first i mean that's definitely one thing you learn as a dp is like you're there to serve the story you're not there to serve yourself or your lighting or your camera work or any of those things and to there's there's some knowledge rather some wisdom to be said for the idea that you as soon as someone notices what you're doing, then you're not doing it the right way because you're bringing attention to yourself as a director of photography. So there's a little bit of that. Um, but then when we're talking about actually directing, I think I focus more on comedy. I like that more. And that's more whenever, whenever I'm doing like my own project that has nothing to do with anyone else, I typically focus on comedy just because I like, I like where that's at. And I feel like I can bring more to that table than is already present. I think there's you a relate to it basically. Yeah, you know, there's the idea that you shouldn't make a project unless you think you are the only person who can do that as well as you can. You know, the best person in the world for that particular thing. So, you might I might say like, you know, equate it to sports or something. Like I don't want to be a kicker. I happen to be a very good kicker, but I always wanted to be 
a wide receiver or something like that, right? Well, I should probably be a kicker because I'm going to be better. If I'm better at being a kicker, even though that's not the thing I would want to do, that makes more sense. That's going to help out the team more. I'm going to be better at that than other people would be at that specific thing. And so that gives me the opportunity for success and to bring value to the team. So in the same sort of way, you want to, that's how I sort of look at filmmaking is like, I don't want to direct a movie. I want to direct the thing that I think I can bring the most value to uniquely as myself. Um, and I often feel like that's what comedy is for me. Oh man, that's awesome. So um, like how you just said director of photography and you don't want to get in the way of the movie. You want to yeah. re- basically be on the movie instead of just on yourself. What were you, what were you trying to say about that part? Like I, I'm actually curious to know what you meant by all that. So, because I've never had these type of experiences, but I've had some conversations with some movie directors and stuff like that. And every single time I ask them something like that, it's so different compared to all the other ones I keep hearing constantly. So I'm so I'm kind of curious, like, so what do you mean by that? Yeah, at the basis of everything is storytelling. So <clears throat> we want to get caught up in. And, and what that is, is basically emotion and information, you know, as a director or as a director of photography, you're trying to get information to the audience in the, the clearest, most concise and okay. most timely manner. So you're worried about exactly when they receive information, how they receive it and what type of information it is. That's your job. And if you're getting in the way because of style with a with a movie especially as a director of photography as a dp if your style is getting in the way and it's more about you and it's less about the story then you're not serving your ultimate goal which is the story and so when everything looks super flashy or super saturated or super blue or gold or whatever it happens to be or this camera work just like everyone's paying attention specifically to the camera work um as soon as you get your average moviegoer to notice that stuff then it probably means you're overdoing it because it's no longer about the story. It's about how you're portraying the story. And that's just not, it's not a very, um, that doesn't help you in the long run because then people have a finite amount of ability to pay attention to things and to remember things. And if it makes it, it makes it stale, it makes it really hard to keep going with, uh, coming from my background of being a professional wrestler and stuff like that. I love how you, uh, uh, you talked about storytelling and yeah. I mean, it's a major factor in anything. Like obviously in my background, you're trying to tell a story based off of body work. You're based off of two guys in a the- Like I used to say all the time, the ring was our violent theatric area. Like sure. that's our theater and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's how you're showing people without talking. You're showing people based off your movement and stuff like that. And yeah. like how you just said, there's some moves that can be, oh my gosh, eye opening and it could steal the show type scenario. But then it's also that part is for longevity standpoint, you just done a move that basically <laughs> destroyed your career type scenario. Cause now there's nothing to modify that. And now it's just like, Oh, we've seen that so many times. Why, why I pay money to see you do that. So I love how you use that part about storytelling because that is a major factor in so many occupations that people don't realize storytelling is a major thing in major stuff, making movies, books, anything like that. That is the major thing about it is learn how to tell a story and how to keep the audience going and wanting more. So I loved how you use that terminology on that. So um, 
Yeah, and just to further that too, you know, with your uh, wrestling background, I would assume that whatever your biggest move is, whatever the the crowd pleaser is, you don't bring that out one minute into the match. That's not at the yeah. beginning of the night, and you also don't have your big showdown. You know, let's let's take you know big time professional wrestling on TV type stuff, and they don't go. They might have little squabbles at first, or they might have a little argument about something, but the whole thing about some you know the wife sleeping with the other guy or the manager siding with the other guy, whatever it happens to be, you know, the big moment that's got to come near the end. Cause you got to keep upping the stakes. Right. And so in the same you have way, to build it up for the crowd to be suspenseful type scenario. Sure. For the very yeah. ending. Yeah. You got to keep working on that from the beginning and you have, have to have an idea over the long run of how they're not going to be spent by the time that they get to that. You know, you're, you're playing that, playing it like a fiddle or playing it like whatever you want to say mm. of, of your you're you're giving a little bit and then pulling back and a little bit more and then pulling back and you're 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 controlling that narrative very specifically and so in the same way you don't want to you don't want to be it to be about how showy you are as a wrestler and look at this guy doing all his stuff we're not even paying attention to the the greater story that's happening behind that right and i i think that's what our goal as storytellers in any um in in any different art form is is not letting us our ego our great abilities to get in the way of the story itself i love how you put that Thanks, i man. mean there's so many different ways of doing that too and obviously i feel like in movies really in general nowadays that cannot be spoken more than what it, what is given to us every other time because obviously you see every year we're remaking old movies yeah. and sometimes it's actually tarnishing the legacy of some of the movies that we've had Absolutely. and great example batman uh <laughs> can throw in there a couple of times uh believe it or not the new spider-man they finally figured out and i believe they found the true person that could play spider-man hmm. uh, there is some of them that's just like yeah, you probably shouldn't even bother wasting that million dollars on. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and sequels are the same thing, you know, when, when Transformers 4 came out or whichever one it was. And, you know, I talked to people and I'm like, how was that movie? And they're like, it was terrible. And I was like, well, you knew it was going to be terrible. And they say, yeah, I knew, but I went anyway. And you're like, come on, man. Because it's the... Because of the name. It's a you're, franchise. Sure. You're part of the problem, though. You knew it was going to be terrible. You spent your money anyway. They're going to make another one. They're going to promote it to you. It's going to take up all the all the room in your brain for a couple months because you got to go see this movie because they told you you had to go see this movie. And then you're going to go and you're going to be disappointed. And why would you put yourself into that sort of cycle? It's it's nonsense. And so that's why, I mean, I haven't gone to a Transformers movie in a long going. time. That's why they keep That's why they keep promoting them and keep sure. closing them out because guess what? They're still getting talked about. And, sure. I, and I hate using this again, but that is an example of professional wrestling. Uh, mm. We hate WWE so much. Don't watch it. Sure. Don't sit there and promote it. Don't show anything. Like that is a great thing. I love how you use that because yes, Transformers just from the major title from the beginning was amazing. And I think another example, Star Wars. Star Wars would be a great example for this, even though I kind of like the ones when Disney took over. It still was not the storylines that we remember. Yeah. And like the legacy type scenario and stuff like that. So I love how you use uh Transformers because uh, for my son being a huge Transformers fan, 
he enjoys the new Transformers just because he's not used to the storytelling like how it used to be back then. Okay. But unlike my mom, my mom was a huge Bumblebee fan, and she didn't really understand the Bumblebee story much mm. because it's not the backstory that that we were known to watch. I see. Uh, so I love how you use that example on that. But um, I wanted I want to know something. Mm-hmm. What is the most difficult part about your job? when it comes to making the movie or something like that, what is the most difficult part for? Yeah. For you? Sorry. No. Um, I was trying to figure out another way to put it. No, no, no. It's a, there's plenty of difficulty to talk about. Don't even worry about that. Um, in my case specifically, because I co-wrote, I directed, I produced, I edited, I co-starred, I colored, I did the sound for, I did all the promotion for, not all the promotion, but I paid for all the promotion and it did promotion where I can and found the distributor and all that stuff. So making a movie is a marathon or it's 10 or 20 or a hundred marathons. And that's really the Mm -hmm. hard part about it. And that's why it took me 11 years to get this movie on Amazon is because there's just so many things you have to do over the long run that it's very easy to find something else to do, do your actual work that you have to do. I own a video co and a video production company. I mean, that's a lot to do in, in and of itself. And so there's so many opportunities to get, to feel sad about the state of affairs and feel like you haven't done enough and felt like you haven't marketed and promoted and whatever you have to do to get to the next step, you know, because you're trying to build an audience the entire time as well. So it's not like the old days where you would just, Maybe maybe you get some money, you show up, you do it, they put it out, they deal with all that stuff, they promote it, and either you make money or you don't. It's not that situation mm-hmm. anymore at all. So now it's much more of a situation to where you have to actively try to get fans. You have to get people to say that they like it, to get people to show up in the first place. Just say that they like it and promote it so you can get people to the premiere. And then when you hope that that turns into distribution... And then once you get it distributed, that they gotta you gotta find more people to say that they like it and promote it and put it on their web their blog or their their show or their podcast or whatever it is. And so it's just an endless process of trying to get it out there and trying to get people to actually notice because there's so much out there these days. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you yeah. you hope you hope to God that you have something that you like by the end of that process because <laughs> you might have spent a bunch of time on something you that didn't turn out the way you wanted it. Right. And that's, that's something big with movie making is because you, there are so many things that are sort of, you have control over to some level, but just might not turn out the way you like them. And they might, you know, on set, someone disappeared. You, you couldn't use that actor anymore. Something happened within society. Like your movie doesn't even make sense anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's someone else goes and does the movie and makes a million dollars with, a similar idea, a similar script, and you haven't even finished your movie yet. I mean, that happens. So there are a thousand things within your control that are difficult, and then a thousand things outside of your control that could completely cut you off at the knees. And then what do you do? So yeah, mm-hmm. man, it's 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 tough. You know, it's building. Um, uh, Stanley Kubrick says, uh, you know, although making a movie can be like trying to write War and Peace while riding around in bumper cars. There's nothing quite like. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> There's nothing quite like the you feeling when you're right. Yeah. You cannot go any further than that part. I love how you just said that. But I want to. I want to go back a little bit when you said where you make a movie and obviously somebody can make the money off of that product faster than you because they've done it just a little bit 
quicker and just a little twist of their own way of that. How many times does that usually happen in the movie industry? Well, you got to see that any movie that's being made in Hollywood, so any big budget film, someone has already looked at that idea and either passed mm -hmm. on it or decided that they wanted to do their own version of it. So whether that comes out or not, that's still there a lot of times. And that's why you see similar movies come out in the same year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, there was a Snow White movie and there was the movie called, I forget what it is. There's one called uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. And then there was another Snow White movie that came out the same year with big budget actors and a big deal. Right. And that's not, that wasn't a mistake. You know, that was because two different studios were trying to do the same thing simultaneously so that they could hurt each other before the other one hurt them. Game theory. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the same thing that happened. You, you remember the uh, Ed Norton movie, the, um, the illusionist, which happened the same year as the, uh, as the, uh, uh, what's the, the prestige movie came out. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah big actors, very similar movies in, in terms of how they look on the surface, not the same movie once you watch them, but in terms of mm -hmm. trying to get butts and seats, they were like competing head on with each other, like two, um, two political opponents, right? You know, one, each one took a side and they both tried to get it. And so the, those aren't, those aren't mistakes. Those aren't just happenstance. Those are two. Kind of like a coincidence type scenario. It's not a coincidence at all. It's two studios knowing exactly what the other one is right, doing, right, right. trying to make, trying to get their thing out there with a better edge than the other one does. So that stuff happens also in independent film, not maybe from independent to independent, but from independent to studio. So maybe you're working on an idea you float it to some, you try to get some money out of it. You try to put it in some maybe film festivals, um, some script festivals, something like that. Maybe someone else sees it. They don't rip it off, but they get the idea of it. They turn it into something that they like on their end. Um, a lot of stories sort of air toward the center to where there's only so many ways. You know, when you're talking about shooting car commercials, there's only six, eight angles of a car. And there's probably only yeah. two. There's only really one that looks good. From the right front quarter mm -hmm. panel, that's how a car is supposed to be shot at a 45 degree angle. And that's what a car looks best at always. And so there's only so many ways you can skin that cat. And in the very same way, there's only so many ways you could tell a story and have the author, have the audience be happy with it. And so you err toward the center of telling the same story. And that's how you get that situation to where people feel like that they've created the exact same movie at the exact same time that someone else did. And if you don't strike while the iron's hot in that situation, then you're screwed because someone else made yeah. the movie before you I was about to did. say, it was basically they just ran a little bit faster than you, Tyson. Yeah. yeah, that sucks, man. And so that can totally happen. It didn't happen in my situation, but it sort of happened. You know, I made a movie about mm -hmm. Lego. I got the kid from, I don't know if you saw the Lego movie, but I got the kid from the Lego movie in it, uh, Jaden Sand, and the first two Lego movies. And he was in my movie first. And I'm making a movie about Lego and I didn't finish it by the time that finished by any means. And, uh, that stung, it's not the same market and they got a, you know, <laughs> they get a billion dollars behind it and all that. It's, it's, it's a different deal, but it certainly would have been nice to have my movie come out the same weekend. That would have been crazy for yeah. me. I, well, I hate to tell you this, man, my son with him being autistic and stuff, he is highly big on Lego movies. Yeah. <laughs> so he, so, he might like it. He loves all those Lego movies, like the superheroes, the original Lego movie, uh, the main ones. He really liked that one. Yeah. But those are like the main ones that intrigued him also. Crazy. And he gets mad when he gets the actual Legos when he 
realizes they don't live. Oh no! Like it yeah. really tarnished his. It tarnished his reason of ever <laughs> wanting Legos. Oh no! So he rather just play the video games now. So, but I love how you use that. But um, tell me a little bit about the project that you just now are almost. You are down now, almost done with. And it's going to be on Amazon. It is on Amazon. It's been on Amazon for four Oh, it days. is on Amazon yeah, already. Okay. Four days now. And we were selling DVDs Uh-oh. and Blu-rays before, about a month before that. Okay, so tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, it's comedy. It's a mockumentary. So we got a camera crew within the movie, you know, making the movie and all that sort of stuff. If you ever watch The Office or Parks and Rec, you get sort of an idea of how mm-hmm. that goes. And... We, yeah, we followed this national bricks tournament. So in our world, we don't have Lego, we have bricks. And um, yeah, follow them around. They do this big tournament where, you know, winner take all. It's a huge deal to them. All these nerds get together and they all battle each other. And it's really great. And yeah, a lot of fantastic um, characters that my, a lot of my friends played. And we got some actors down in LA, some brilliant people. And it's just, it's a fun time, man. It's, um, it's definitely family friendly. It's somewhere around PG thirteen ish, maybe. Is it animated or no? Is no, no, it... all all live action. We don't. There's no animation. Really? There's, okay. There's a little bit of animation. We do this goofy um, cartoon supposedly from the '90s that was a promotion okay. promotional piece of one of the characters. That's about the only animated thing in the whole thing, and that's only about thirty seconds. So um, yeah, okay. It's uh, not. It's it's just a live action movie, man. Got a lot of Lego in there though. All right, there you go. I might we I might have shown my son this one, but um, yeah. I want to know. So, it took you eleven years to make this project. Yeah, absolutely. Oh wow! So, like, why did it take you so long to make it? Was it more because the ideas that you had kept adapting more, and you wanted to put more in the film, or was it based off of just being basic life in the movie industry, like building the product, selling the product, making sure someone will buy it for you? Uh, promote it, stuff like that. Like, was that what built it all the way up for the 11 years? Or was it just because you had so many ideas? I would say it was so many ideas. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I would say it was a lot of ideas at first. We definitely had, we -hmm. wanted it to be smaller. We originally envisioned it as something that we could finish in a month or six months or some very small amount of time in terms of the life cycle of a movie. But we eventually mm-hmm. added on and we're like, oh, this I actually like this idea more and I want to put more behind this and I want to make this like a big deal in, in my professional um, my professional career. And so we decided to do that and we kept adding on. But that was only the first few years, really. Um, after that, it was more about, like I said before, the marathon of the whole process. So all those things you listed, yeah, it's all of the above of figuring out where to get money, trying to get more money figuring out how to get actors and then try to get bigger actors, figuring out how to finish the script and make sure that everyone was happy with it, locations, shooting at actual Lego conventions. We did that a few times. There's so many processes involved in that. And then I'm doing a lot of world building. So within this thing, you know, we, we invent a company called Bricks. We have to come up with logos and all the stuff for that, right? And think of who owns the company and how they run it and all this stuff just to make that sense. And then we have to have, we have a filmmaker within the movie, Cedric Donovan. So within that world, I got to figure out what other movies he directed. I got to make DVD covers and Blu-ray covers for all those other movies and make that make sense within this uh, Lego tournament world, this Bricks tournament. We got to figure out when they competed, how, who won, what year they won, how all that world works, 
who why this Ricky Six guy who's hilarious and just a jerk about er- everything, why he uh, won six times and who won in the in between time. Like there's just all this stuff we're figuring out. So all that had to be created. <laughs> you know, it's not Lord of the Rings status, but I mean, it's definitely some stuff to figure out. And so while you're doing that, then you have- it gives me like a Pokemon vibe type scenario, like with the bricks and stuff like that. It, it gives me like visuals like, man, this had to show like little clips of animated version. But it had to be like comedy type look to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's funny from from start to finish. I think it's got good comedy, man, and I think it's a good, laughable thing. I think it's a laugh out loud sort of deal where you get people who maybe aren't aren't even aren't even into bricks. They just think it's funny because these these guys are such cocky, arrogant mm-hmm. little prick dudes um, within their own little world. And you're like, come on, man, this ain't a real sport. This ain't a real thing. You just think it's cool because you're in it and because you won. Um, yeah, which is mm-hmm. really funny to me. You know, I just, I just think them taking it. Anyone who takes something gives me that movie like basketball type scenario. Yeah, like, it's obviously that's it's not real, but it was a big hit movie wise just because how funny the guys were in the movie. Yeah, basketball made by it might be a good corollary for that. I mean, they definitely take it real serious. It blew up. It was a big deal within their world, the basketball world. You know, which was funny. <laughs> you would actually thought that it was actually a true sport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I love that. It's a funny movie, man. They're funny dudes. Yeah, and South Park's one of my favorite. I was gonna ask you, have you ever seen the? Because uh, that's the dudes from South Park, Trey and Matt. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the South Park episode where they do wrestling? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty funny. Man. They get they get a lot of they get a lot of uh, kicks out of that one, especially <laughs> the wrestling. My favorite one was probably the Barry Bonds one. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Where they came up with a Barry Bonds, and when they first found out he was taking steroids and stuff like that, that was hilarious <laughs> to me. And I was just like, I'm sure they got a lot of jibes in this one. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> they give it like that little Simpsons. I know South Park and the Simpsons were kind of like, I kind of compared them a good report about it. I was like, it would only be if Bart was ever a kindergartner for the rest of his life type scenario. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just cool just to see how real and funny these things could be. And it not be really real. Yeah. Like you would believe it's real, but it's obviously just fictional comedy for adults. Totally. And I mean, that's one thing I think movies have so much trouble with now, which obviously it's hard to think outside the box on some movies now because we've seen it all. We believe everything has to be real nowadays. Uh, one thing that intrigued me when I was little was the sci-fi movies. Yeah. And just how, like, fantasy-wise they all look. And you were just like, oh, my gosh, could you believe that? Yeah. And I thought that's what movies were meant for was to have an imagination expressed in a movie that obviously would never be real, but it's on your TV. So, obviously, it could be something that is just a great idea and an amazing movie product. But now I'm sure movies nowadays like that is really hard to do and intrigue an audience because they look at it and go, there is no such thing as a dragon flying <laughs> around in space and stuff like sure. that. Like it's just stuff like that. So I love how you use the imagination on that scenario and South Park is a great combination. So you pretty much won me over. So I might have to definitely check this movie out now. I appreciate because that. I'm very good with, it. I really do like Steve Carell. I'm not very fond of like comedy wise with him. I feel like he tries so hard, okay. but I do like the off. Yeah. And I really thought I wasn't going to like it just because Steve Carell's in okay. it. And I was just like, I feel like he forces himself to try to be funny. Sure. 
that's just the thing about me with him. And uh, and I always compared him like to Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. the way he is now, because Will Ferrell, I think, has fell off the comedy standpoint, in my opinion, on some things. Yeah. But I love how you compared those two up together. But um, so I do need to know. So obviously that 11 years, this product or whatever, this project that is basically your baby yeah. that you have been building so much to build this up for. How hard was it to promote during lockdown and us being now on the mask era, I like to call it, and uh, with COVID and everything like that, how big of a, uh, what was put it, a roadblock was that in making this product even more than what you wanted it to be? Um, We had some ideas of what we were going to do with a lot of people getting together and building bricks at the same time in the same place to try to get some promotion. Mm -hmm. So I definitely had a lot of problem with that because then we couldn't do that scenario. That was sort of the keystone, the cornerstone of what I was going to try to do on on part of the promotion, Um, which is a blessing and a curse. It made it easier not to have to set it up and not to have to go through all that process and maybe have it fail. So, I mean, that's one sort of half positive, but I don't think it gave us the push that we could have potentially got if we would have been able to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's been a bummer. Aside from that, I've had more time, a bit more time. I mean, I'm still busy all the time, but I had a bit more time to hang out at the office or at home and promote. So that's been good. Um, So, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I don't begrudge that. And who could look at a scenario like that and be like, well, you know, COVID really sucked because I didn't get to promote my movie in the right sort of way. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I mean, it obviously affected the majority of people far more um, yeah, painfully than that. So I, I'm, you know, I, I got no, no worries about that, man. I mean, COVID's a terrible thing that's affected all of us and in a lot of bad ways and some good ways. But, you know, I'm just happy to get the movie out there. I'm happy people can see it. It's on Prime. People are sitting at home. Maybe they can watch it a little bit more while they're sitting at home rather than being at the office or whatever it happens to be. And so I'm just happy for people to go out there and check it out. And also, it's like it's not about politics. There's no pandemics in it. There's nothing in it. There you go. (laughs) There's none of that crap that everyone's tired of. There's no lockdowns. There's no quarantines. There's no Zoom calls. There's no none of that. So hopefully you get to watch it and get a feel like, oh, this is fun. It's just a good time. It's heartwarming. I love the ending. It's an escape type scenario. Like it's, it's like I feel like that's what sports are brought out in the world. I have a good friend that plays professional football, and it was just like I tell people all the time. People are like, "Man, it's just not the same watching football with no crowd. Like it feels like a practice." But I was like, "It's an escape, y'all. We still have sports. We're not gonna sit here and go. You know what? We're not gonna watch football because there's no crowd because." The ratings on football has been back and forth, but you're still watching. Yeah. You might not watch the full game, but you're still tuning into it just because it's something that's not a rerun. It's, it's yeah. there. It's live. Sure. That helps. And that's how I see that because I, I love how you put that way because there's stuff that we need. You need to talk about it, but you don't need it all the sure. time. And I love how you just said it doesn't have politics in it because – I think that would intrigue the audience right off the rip because they're like, you know what? I can escape from all this. Mess. Yeah. What's on the news. I can escape from all this now. So I, I can go and tune into this. That's an hour or two hours and be like, wow, 
there's stuff outside of politics <laughs> now, but like stuff like that in a way. So I love how you use that way. Thanks, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's just a, an uh, escape is a good way to look at it. It's just these dudes, these, these people, you know, there's women in there too, playing with a toy at the end of the day, but they're also making art and they're also having a good time and it's important to them. And you know, no one's dying in this movie. I'll give away that idea right now. I mean, it's not life or death situation. And so I think there's something very wholesome and nice and, and comforting about that because it's not so damn dire as everything else is around us right now. That's what I would say. Hey, hey, that's the way to put it. Um, I do want to know. So, uh, how long is the movie? Uh, how long is the hour and 39 minutes? Yeah. Okay. And, um, is there like some big actors or anything in it? Yeah, or? There's some people, like I said, so you got Jaden Sand. He was in the, uh, the the first two Lego movies. He was the main kid in that at the end with Will Ferrell and all mm-hmm. that. Um, he's sort of a big deal. He, his brother, Cole Sand, is in it. Uh, Richard Spate Jr. So he's a director in Hollywood, but you've seen him in uh, shows like Band of Brothers and Supernatural. Um, so he's been on a lot of stuff. Pretty popular dude. And then, um, yeah, there's some other other people that you might you may have seen in other things but that's most of it in terms of like quasi famous people more importantly i would say that you know i watch the movie see what you think but in my opinion i would take my and i'm biased obviously but i would take the actors that are in my movie <laughs> delivering that comedy i would take them over anyone absolutely i would t- the guy who mm-hmm. plays ricky six anthony taylor I don't know who you would compare him to, but maybe if Hollywood were casting it, they would put Seth Rogen in it or something like that. I would take him over Seth Rogen any day, mm-hmm. man. And Seth Rogen's funny. That's not my point. I'm just saying he's excellent in that role. And I and there's a guy named... You, you've worked with the guy, so you know what you're getting yeah, to the table type scenario. Just, Obviously, he was just better I, at making up comedy on the spot, man. I didn't think anyone in the world was going to be funner, mm-hmm. funnier at doing what he did in that role. And I would say that for Tilt Tyree. You know, he plays this character named Wyatt Puckett, and I just think he's hilarious, just straight up and down hilarious. And I don't I don't know that anyone else would bring anything different to the table. And that's the thing about comedy. That's what's so beautiful about comedy, because I can't compete with your Transformers and your Lord of the Rings movies and whatever happens, you know, all your all your superhero movies these days. I can't compete with that. I don't have a billion dollars. I can't put those sort of effects on the screen and get all the big budget everything right. But what I can do, hopefully, is write a funnier joke. Because that doesn't take money, ever. If you write a funny joke and you get an actor to say it just right, that wins every time. And so that's you know that's that's my ace in the hole, theoretically, is that if I can bring that on the screen, then it doesn't matter how much money I have. Hey, I, I agree with you. And I, there's one comedian that definitely comes to my mind that was in a very low-budget movie, but it made him, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, he made just some little intrigue, little things, and that man blew up like sure. crazy. Uh, Happy Gilmore was not a big budget film, if everybody yeah. remembers. Or and Billy Madison. Billy Blank. Yeah, Billy Madison and stuff like that. And that man blew up. So I love how you use that because that is usually how it only takes. Like if anyone, like obviously these YouTubers and stuff like that, you take one episode and that one episode can make you type scenario. And I mean, that's one of the trophy moments. So I love how you use that. And I love how you said you would rather work with the guys that you have, because guess what? They committed their time with you. So you know what you're getting to the, when you get on the table with them, because you know what they're bringing. You don't know who a self Rogan's bringing. You don't know what all these other guys are bringing because you've never worked with them. 
which yeah that's an experience standpoint but obviously you know who are your guys and who are the committed ones that you know for a fact if you have a set date set time or whatever you'll know that it'll get done with the guys that you have because that's your group that's the guys that are basically your team type yeah scenario. totally yeah yeah no it's good i mean that that definitely plays so, a role and they've been on you know they've supported me everyone in the movie I felt like has been selfless in supporting the project and supporting me and through all the times that I didn't get the movie done and didn't do my job and wasn't, you know, uh, popping out with regular updates and all that stuff. You know, I'm endlessly grateful for them to be able to stand by and just help me get it to the point to where it is. So yeah, it's been great. Hey, I love it. Um, have you ever thought about doing like a Christmas comedy type thing? I hadn't thought about that. Um, you know, those do really well. It's not a bad idea. Um, They're really cheesy, but dude, they blow yeah. up. And it's like when I watch them, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I can only imagine how <laughs> the people had to just sit there and go, I don't know how this is going to go. And then when they see that, it goes through a million views already. And it's just like, holy yeah. cow. Like, this crap that we just promoted is going that well. Like, it's crazy to believe on stuff like so, that. But you don't see that many comedy movies that are Christmassy or stuff like that. Or holiday-type movies Well, anymore. yeah. How old are you? How old of a dude are you? I'm 29. 29. All right. So maybe another 10 years or something, you might feel this way. Maybe you feel this way already. But, um, you know, at some point in your life, you're like, hopefully you, you've been in you've been in a place long enough or you've been able to establish relationships anyway hopefully at some point in your life you're like man i pretty much got most of the friends i need most of the close friends like i'm down to meet it whoever else wants to talk mm-hmm. to me but i've got my close friends pretty much dialed in like i don't I, like i'm i'm sort of closed for business in terms of making new best friends in my life right so so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how a lot of people are with christmas movies they're like yeah, I'm oh, pretty okay. good. Like, I already got my Wonderful Life. I already got my National Lampoons. I got my Christmas Story, and I got my Home Alone. And I may even have my Die Hard. I'm actually pretty good right now. I'm set with Christmas movies for the rest of my life. I'm just going to watch them every year. <laughs> so that's sort of how I feel. I don't know if I'd be able to horn my way in there or not. I think you definitely have some. That shows you that you're a traditional guy. Like, you're the old school type scenario. Like, hey. Why fix it if it ain't broken type scenario? Yeah. I, I like I like the vibes <laughs> on that. I love the vibe yeah. on that. But I was just like, because I'm like, well, you never see it. But obviously, I love how you just use that terminology because obviously, every Christmas time around Christmas year, you're gonna watch the typical Elf. Sure. Uh, you're gonna watch National Absolutely. Lampoon. La- National Lampoon probably is probably the best Christmas comedy movies I've ever yeah. seen. I mean, they've got just a core group that literally that made them in sure. ways. I feel like that makes a big impact on them. So I love how you use that. Uh, I really wish people had your mindset on obviously with the superhero films and stuff like that. We'd be like, Hey, let's remake goosebumps. And I'm like, well, it didn't go well the sixth time yeah. that we've done it. And we even put Jack Black in it. Jack Black and didn't oh, even geez. roll well with it. So, so it's like, do we really need to do another option yeah. on this? Like, well, let's try. It. But I love how you use that. But um, so what's the future hold for your group, uh, your job occupational, and like, what are some of the main goals that you got? Yeah, in uh, twenty twenty one, we have a movie here in January coming out called Better. So that's going to be really cool. That's eat, mm-hmm. eat, think, live better, and that's really about um, diabetes, obesity, and diabetes, and 
the best scientifically proven way to stop that. And so that's really what we're focused on that documentary working with a guy named Jonathan Baylor, New York times bestseller and uh, four other Harvard doctors, uh, some of which are also New York times bestsellers themselves. And we spoke to somewhere around 25 people who suffer from diabetes and have gone through different transformations in their lives. Some of the people we talked to hadn't yet done any sort of transformation. Some of the people had. And it was great to be able to see what they had to say, see how shame and important emotions that have sort of plagued them their entire life because of how fat they were in a lot of ways. I mean, to put it bluntly. And that's just something that has dehumanized them and led them to a place that was dark or sad or scary or whatever it happened to be and felt hopeless and and they didn't know what to do. And so we, we talked to them about that. We tried to sort of dig down into that a little bit, get some people who watching it, hopefully, to know that they're not the only one out there that feels like that and know that there is a solution and that they can eat in a different way and look at life in a different way, hopefully, at least their food life and be able to recover and be able to go on and, and make something better of, of what they are. So that's that's what our next movie is about. That's in uh, January. That's going to be coming out. So I'm looking forward to that, obviously, right right on the heels of this. And then the rest of the year, oh, yeah. who knows, man, video production is probably going to kick in real big when the um, when the lockdowns stop and all that, hopefully. Hopefully we get the uh, vaccine out there enough and vaccines. I mean, there's multiple options. And hopefully that sort of takes hold. Oh, we don't get a hopefully third we don't wave. get a third wave. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. A uh, third um, leg, yes. you know. That uh, yeah, who, who knows? Who knows what, what people's standpoint is on the on the is on the vaccine? But I mean, God, look at the alternative, man. Staying at home, not being able to work, putting small businesses out of business, a lot of people suffering. You know, uh, domestic violence and suicides and all those things going up, all everything that goes along with uh, not being able to connect with each other. I, I think it's hard to say that that would be worse and continuing that and doubling down exponentially on that would be worse. That would that'd be a tough gamble to make for me. So, uh, you know, I'll put my right arm out and uh, and get it if, if it means we can all work together towards stopping that. That's what I'm looking at. But who knows? There's a, there's a whole lot of ideas there that I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, the whole the whole situation's complicated. I'm not a smart enough man to understand all that. That's for sure. Hey, I don't think any of us know anymore. Like, literally, uh, it's basically live day by day type. Yeah. I mean, there's reports about how good it is. The reports that it could be the best choice you have. But there's one or two that you find on Google go, hey, there's a side effect to this. And you're just sitting there like, I don't know about yeah. that now. You know what? <laughs> like, you know what's literally, got really bad side effects. Shook, yes, sugar, sugar has so really far. bad side effects. You know what has bad side effects? Wheat. Yep. You eat too much wheat, you get fat, yep. and you die, man. You know everything in life has side effects in one way or another. There's almost nothing that doesn't. That's why I tell people there's no such thing as the word diet. Yeah. Like I keep myself at a very good shape and form yeah. and everything like that, but that's because I'm a relentless. Okay. I'm a gym rat. I'm literally in the gym relentlessly sure. a lot. So everybody looks at me and like, hey, how do you eat a cheeseburger and still look like it? Because I work for it. Obviously, if I'm going to go to the gym, yeah, I'll eat something like that. Well, occasionally, but I won't eat no. it every single day. You just have to portion yourself. And that's what I tell people all the time. They're like, hey, man, they said salads are really bad for it. Yeah, if you put so much in your body and that's all you're eating, yeah, you'd be some – why would you think that you're going to grow muscles and stuff like that? You're literally yeah. eating leaves. 
So, I mean, it's not like you're really putting super stuff in your body. Like, if you're wanting to try to get really bulky or something, you gotta you got to eventually have yeah, protein yeah. in your body. And I'm not implying that you need red meat all the time because they're not like, red meat's supposedly bad. Yes, but if you eat it once or every other now and then, yes, you'll be fine. But when you eat it rare and stuff like that, yeah, it's pretty bad for you. But if you want to taste it like that, go ahead. Take it out of the freezer and then chow down on it. <laughs> <like here. laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> but I love how you use that because, I mean, that's any way in anything in life right now. There's always going to be two different paths. It's either you take it or you're going to hear all the negativity about it. It's, it's based off of what's good for you and the family. And that's the only thing I'm going to leave it at when it comes to this vaccine. If it saves you and your family and it's the best quality for you, so say like if my job said, hey, you have to take this vaccine, as much as I'm against taking shots and stuff like that, I still got to provide for my family. I still got to basically work my job to provide for my kids, to have clothes, food, and everything. And that relies on me to take a shot. As much as my pride will be upset, I probably have to do it because there's no other alternative. Because, I mean, you can never just say, I'm not taking a shot and not work. Like, it doesn't work that way. Even though I don't like the fact that if if they do do this and they push for the vaccine, it better make a change. That's the only thing I said. That's the only thing I could say on this part because if that vaccine is literally there and it's like, oh, it's not good for you, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Absolutely. But, Justin, I appreciate you doing this with me today. Um, Is there anything you want to finish up on? Uh, I definitely want to look out this movie. I'm going to check it out. Hey, what's Brick the name Madness. of it again? B-R-I-C-K-M-A-D-N-E-S-S. Brick Madness. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, I would just say go to Amazon, go to watch Brick Madness. I mean, that's all I want you to do, really. Um, I don't care if you follow me on uh, on Facebook or uh, Instagram or Twitter or any of those places. I don't give a damn about that. Just go watch the movie. Uh, if you don't like, hey, hey, if you don't <laughs> like it, I'll give you your money back. I'm not worried about that because I think it's a fun, entertaining movie and it's funny and it, you know, it's got a lot of heart and these actors in it that are just outstanding. They acted the hell out of it, and so yeah, man, you don't like it, hit me up. I, I will be happy to give you your ten dollars back, no problem. Hey, there you go. Hey, yeah, I might even have you back after I watch it or somebody, and we might want to. Yeah, do a man, movie let's review. let's wrap about that. I'm down for sure. All right, Justin, I appreciate you doing this with me today, and I hope yes, you have sir. a good Thank rest you, of your day, man. Bye. All right, later. of being the new member of the Rasp Rebellion. I want everyone to go to the website repsports, R-E-P-P, sports.com and get 15% off on your first purchase if you do the promo code AP2420 and you have to type in the capital letters of AP2420. And like I said, you get 15% off. I know with the hard times in quarantine, Honestly, supplements are going to be the best way to go. They've got BCAs. They have the energy drinks. They have pre-workouts, uh, whey proteins and stuff. I would love everyone to go to repsports.com to get and use the promo code AP2420, which is capital letters, AP2420, to get 15% off on your first purchase. Thank you all. All right, time to get to go home to you. First and foremost, I would like to thank Justin McAleese for coming on here today and just having a good chat with us, talking about his movie, Brick Madness. Um, 
yeah, I'm gonna check this thing out, y'all. When when I uh, get off of here, I'm definitely gonna check this out and see what it's about. And um, also, I want to remind everyone: Justin has an event today at seven o'clock on Facebook Live. I think it's on the event calendar as well. You can Zoom call with Justin McAleese and all the actors off of the movie Brick Madness tonight at 7 p.m. And uh, watch the movie. And have, if, if you're a good beer drinker, if you like to drink and have some good times, hit, check it out. And you can have a Zoom call, have a Zoom good Zoom chat with them and the stars and the cast of that movie Brick Madness and... I'm looking forward to finding out what about his new project, everything, and just really looking forward to seeing what the future holds for Justin. Like I said, Justin's a hard worker, y'all, and y'all seen it clear as day. COVID did not shut him down. He's found it as a great blessing. And like I said, man, sometimes people in that industry, even though we see on TV that rich and famous and all of this, they do take struggles and stuff too, and obviously we see it. And COVID, it it hurt everybody. It got everyone. Even though we sit here and go, you know what, it's not as bad as the other person or whatever, but everyone got affected. And that's the one thing I can probably just stop on this episode on is everyone got affected and just see the how motivating and how inspirational Justin can still be going into this COVID era and what the industry holds for him. Uh, I'm looking forward to the other projects that he's got coming out in the future as well. So if y'all really interested to find out more about him, just hit him up on Facebook. Uh, He will gladly send you info about his movie and stuff like that. So yeah. All right. I guess it's time to wrap it up. I'm so excited about this weekend, y'all. Y'all don't know. I've been planning a year for this. Uh, Like I said, we're going to be going to Panama City. If everybody can just say a prayer for everyone that goes over to Panama City. And anyone, actually. But for safe travels and just hope everyone has a good time and and performs up to their best ability. And uh, I just hope everyone just has a great weekend. I mean, it's the weekend. Don't stress about anything. Just enjoy and be appreciative of what we have. Be appreciative that you wake up every single day and be able to just see your kids, see your wife, see your significant other, mother, dad, whatever. Just be appreciative that you can see them because you never know what can happen. So it's time to get to wrap it up, y'all. Time to get it on. Let's get this weekend started. All right, I hope everyone washes his hands. Stay safe, stay clean, do what you got to do, protect what you got, and I will be back when I have more bzzz down the road. Later. <laughs>